Omar Khan, being the new Steelers GM, wants to put his fingerprints on this organization. And part of it involves being aggressive. The prospect of trading around the NFL draft up or down is very interesting. We'll explore those top options with Wes Euler, our friend from Steeler Nation Radio, right here on the Locked On Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter. Let's get into it. You are Locked On Steelers, your daily Pittsburgh Steelers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter, bringing you your daily dose of all things in the Pittsburgh Steelers. As always, you can find this show on your favorite podcasting app as, as well as on YouTube. Like this video if you enjoy it. Subscribe to this YouTube channel to get all of your daily Monday through Friday episodes as well as our bonus content. We thank you for making the Locked On Steelers podcast your first listen every day because we're your team every day. And today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook partner of the NFL. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on today to get started. We're bringing back our man Wes Euler from Steeler Nation Radio. You can also hear him on pretty much every West Virginia podcast that ever existed uh, as a as a loyal Mountaineer guy. But Wes, I got to talk to you because Omar Khan spoke, you know, at uh, at owners meetings. Arunie also spoke. Uh, we'll, we'll get less into you know the talk about you know the you know the, the flexing of Thursday night football. Sure, that, that sure. that's neither here nor there. Everyone knows Thursday night football is stupid in the first place, but. I want to get into you about some of the things that Omar Khan was talking about when it comes to the trade prospects, because the, the Steelers, when they made trades on draft day, it was a big deal because they almost ne- they rarely did it. You know, it was, it was trading up for Devin Bush, trading trading for San Antonio Holmes, trading up for for Troy Polamalu, like mm-hmm. got think like things like that. Like those don't come every year, especially when you're talking about in the first round. And the prospect of trading up and trading back. In this in this in this year is should both be open to the Steelers, uh, but it's interesting to see how they've talked about it, and I, you know, kind of plays into what will be their move come draft night, which is less than a month away now. Um, and Omar Khan talked a little bit about it at the owners' meetings. He said this this be, this is a really good draft. I'm very fortunate. My first draft is really good, so I love the idea of having a lot of picks. But all the options are on the table. Obviously, there is a, there is an opportunity to try and trade up and get a player that we think is going to be a an impact player and can help us right away or be good a good long time stealer. We're going to evaluate, it and all options are on the table. But he's also talked about how deep this draft class is and how there's guys in the hundreds that they still see as very valuable players. Wes, how much of this plays into what the Steelers' actual plan is? Are they going to get aggressive on draft day? Do you think they kind of just wait and see, let this play out, kind of like how they they have on a lot of draft days? So, you know, that is the, uh, I mean, I guess $64,000 question if we're going to go old go. school, although that doesn't exactly sound as intimidating anymore with inflation. Not anymore, the, no. The mil- Let's go with the million-dollar question, right? All right, we'll bump those, bump those numbers up a little bit in this racket. Um because, as you mentioned, we have the what we know historically of the Steelers is that, yes, it's it's not unheard of for the Steelers to get aggressive on draft day. But, I mean, you just kind of laid out the three examples from our lifetimes. I mean, you and I aren't old, but we're not young anymore either. And it's something that the Steelers have done a few times, but not very often. You know, maybe once a decade, twice a decade, if that type thing. We also know now, though, that kind of all bets are off in that regard because you've got some new, uh, you know, new voices, new minds, new guys who are going to have significant say and roles in this, namely Omar Khan and Andy Weidel. 
I also think about it in the backdrop of, you know, one of the other things that we've heard Omar Khan talk about a few times this offseason, particularly during the combine, is about how Andy Weidel is in charge of the big board. And and, and a lot of kind of the, the, the power and the voice that Andy Weidel has he comes from an organization in Philadelphia, right? And for a, a former guy that he was working with in Howie Roseman, yeah. who has been notoriously aggressive on draft days. Whether it's it's going up and getting a guy like Carson Wentz, whether it's moving back in the draft that the Eagles have done a few times recently. I mean, it seems like the Eagles are always either trading up yeah, or trading back moving. with their first-round picks. Um how does that play into this? Does Andy Weidel believe in that from from what he saw in Philadelphia? Does does he approach it more traditionally, even though that is part of his background? Again, these are things that we're not going to know until April and really right. until we get a couple years of sample size here. But I do think, Chris, that I would say, you know, at the end of April here in 2023, when we get to the draft about a month from now, I would say it's more likely than ever before that we see the Steelers move off of their first-round pick. I know we just saw it a few years ago with Devin Bush. It hasn't been that long, but I think at 17, if you're telling me right now the Steelers either move up to 15, 14, 13, 12, you know, nothing crazy, but something like that, a a few spots, or you're telling me they move down to 22 or 24, something like that as well, neither of those things would surprise me. In fact, I think there's maybe, maybe not quite a 50-50 chance, but a 40-60 chance that the Steelers do end up picking somewhere other than 17 in the first round. It's, it is the million-dollar question right now, and I think more so than ever before, a really realistic possibility for the Steelers. I, I'm, the more I, I look at it, it just makes a lot of sense. It, you know, again, one thing I always refer to when people are trying to figure out what could they trade, what picks could they trade to get what other picks and trying to stack things up. The biggest, the best thing I always say to look for as far as like what's useful is the draft tech chart that you can get at draft tech, uh, yep. draft T-E-K dot com. Uh, when you go get it, and here's just a quick look at it right now. If you look at where the Steelers are on this, the 17th overall pick worth 950, the 32nd overall pick worth 590, the 49th overall pick worth 410. Frankly, you know, Wes, I think it's imperative they keep this 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 32nd overall pick for the second day because I do here's too. my thinking: you trade that 49th overall pick with the 17th pick, according to the point totals, that would get you up to 1310 points. That would be good enough to get you the 10th overall pick of this draft, which I think either gets you a top corner or a top offensive tackle. Agreed. And if you do that, yes, you do lose that second second round pick, which we've talked about the value being there. But then, as Omar Khan has talked about on other occasions, when we spoke to him at the NFL Combine, he talked about, you know what, I wouldn't be surprised if my phone's ringing off the hook at the after after the first round is oh, it over. Will be always and, is. And, And there's 24 hours before the last pick of the first round to this first pick of the second round where the Steelers have the 32nd overall pick. The Steelers could be in a position where they could say, you know what? We'll trade back from the 32nd overall pick and recoup another day two pick there. So they may not have 32 and 49, but they may have, I don't know. 44 and right uh in like 85 or something those are just two random numbers i threw out there but like the idea that you could still keep the amount of day two picks you have and move up in the first round especially when there's the potential for getting one of the top players at one of the top positions that you need that you normally don't get to a, a chance to uh, uh to crack at because you're always finishing right, right. with a winning record and, you know, I think the way you just laid that out is it should excite Steelers fans for two reasons. I mean, one, as you can see there, 
you got a chance without giving up a lot of capital. You could easily move up to 12, to 11, maybe even to the 10th spot. Speaking of the Philadelphia yeah. Eagles, right? That's where they pick. Yeah. Maybe maybe you get Andy Weidel on the phone and, him, and, and and make him some, some friends, <laughs> some, yeah. some phone calls to his old buddies, right? But say it's even a 12, right, Chris? Um, you can you can go from 17 to 12 without ransoming. A, a lot of your your capital in the second round, right, and, and, and even beyond that. And at the same time, too, you're going to be sitting there on day two with the first pick, kind of the 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 start there, right? Which is always one that you get some value for, you get some offers for. It's not if it's it's who is going to call Omar Khan before day two about that 32nd pick, particularly because it's 32nd now and not 33rd like it normally is. It's even an extra spot higher. You're going to have some people who are going to kick the tires on that pick. So say, you know, again, scenario, you want to move from 17 to 12 or to 11 or 10 or whatever, and you can do so with that 49th pick, great. I I think that that's fair value. I think that that's a smart move. Then when 32 rolls around on day two, you can either still have the cream of the crop selection of of the second round of the day two guys, a ipso facto end of the first round pick, or... You're going to have somebody on your phone who, you know, yeah, maybe you can drop down to 39 and you'll get pick 50-something back. Right. All all, all of a sudden. Um, And and you can still, if you want that volume, more so on day two because, again, it is it feels like a really strong day two class, really strong in kind of the 50 to 100 big board rankings, if you will. Uh, These are great options to have. The Steelers have put themselves in this position, I think, like you said, they have a choice of we can kind of load up and we can have three top 50 picks or maybe we can get close to that top 10 as you just alluded to an area where the Steelers aren't very often and haven't been for a very long time other than when they traded up to to go get Devin Bush it's it's a lot of options it's exciting and Chris maybe you know I said that the two things to be excited about there the third is always this too someone could just fall to you that you love at pick 17 this is the thing yeah and then all of a sudden you pick that, and then you still have the potential to, to, to wheel and deal with pick 32 if you want. Um, you could have the potential to maybe move up into the back end of the first round always as well, too, in the late 20s or something like that if there's somebody else that falls. It's, it is. It's, listen, every draft is exciting in its own way, but I think this one for the Steelers because they have something that they don't have very often, and that's three picks in the top 50. You combine that with a new regime who might be a little bit more aggressive than we traditionally have become accustomed to over the years, over the decades. There's a lot of different chess pieces on the board for for Omar Khan and Andy Weidel and company to work with and move around. I want to talk about one of the specific options. We had a caller call in and ask about one of the position groups and whether or not trading up will make sense. We'll do that in just a minute here on the Locked On Steelers podcast. But first, we'd love to talk to you guys about our great sponsors at FanDuel Sportsbook. FanDuel Sportsbook, of course, the number one sportsbook in America. You need to get up on it. As the Final Four is the final four is here. It's playing this weekend. You want to get up on it. Your best chance to bet on it is FanDuel Sportsbook, as well as all NBA games and, other, and all other sports. But right now, if you're a new customer to FanDuel Sportsbook, you can get the no-sweat first bet that gives you up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Just go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and sign up today to claim your no-sweat first bet. Then you can wager on everything from the money line to point spreads to which team will be cutting down the nets. And all in all, it's a safe app that's secure and super easy to use. So don't miss your, your shot at the no-sweat first bet. Up to $1,000 back in bonus bets when you join FanDuel today. Just join. Just go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to sign up. Make every moment more with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. 
Back here on the Locked On Steelers podcast, I'm your host, Chris Carter, here with Wes Euler of Steeler Nation Radio, and as this is the Thursday edition here, as I said, we do have a caller who called in. Remember, you can always call into this show at 412-223-6644. Leave your name, where you're from, and leave, keep your message under under a minute to get your question on the show, and if it's relevant for a show, I'll try to work it in as best I can. Here's Eddie Harlow from Columbia, Tennessee, with a question that relevant to today about trading up for a specific position, and that was cornerback. Chris, this is Eddie Harlow from Columbia, Tennessee. Uh, I love the show. But I just wonder why everybody's so dead set against us getting a cornerback in the first round. I mean, yeah, offensive linemen would be great. But if we don't do nothing about that backfield, teams are going to burn. And I saw a commentator today saying if the Steelers don't get a shutdown corner, they'll be getting beat just like they did last year against Buffalo and stuff. So there, uh, there's the other cornerbacks we got just ain't very good. Madeline and all them, they can't cover me. So I think we should trade up to get one of the better corners. You get a shut down corner in the first, and then you can get the Jones kid from uh, Ohio State in the second round. I just don't see a second round grade on a cornerback that could come in and start. Thanks. My man Eddie said they can't cover me. They can't cover me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I feel you. Listen, Eddie, I- I'll say one thing, and Wes, I want to get your thoughts too. You can still draft great corners in all sorts of rounds. Xavier sure. Howard, uh, an all pro guy. Tariq Woolen was a sixth rounder last year and was one of the best corners in football. Right. Richard Sherman was a fifth rounder. Like, there's, there's corners that come in a lot of different places. Now, here's yeah. the thing is that the Steelers haven't had that kind of success because they've tried to draft in the middle rounds and they've been able to hit on some decent guys. Cam Cam Sutton. Sutton, a yep. third, a third round guy, yep. uh, you know, who, who, who's able to say, you know, William Gay worked out for, for quite yep. some time. They've been able to get decent hits, but they haven't hit on a superstar corner. And frankly, yeah, it's, it's, it's not, a, you're more likely to get that guy at the top of the draft. Like, Patrick Sertain uh, for the Broncos when they went and got him uh, recently. Yeah, and he's, Sauce Gardner. You know, Sauce Gardner. Like, there's guys like that, yes, who absolutely fit that that bill. And listen, Christian Gonzalez, Devin Witherspoon, the two top guys. You know, we, a lot of people like Joey Porter. We had, you know, Mark Caboli talking about him here. He had Joey Porter as a likely first-round pick for the Steelers at 17th overall. But – you look at those top two guys, everyone's kind of making them the 1A, 1B of this draft class. And there's people who flip either way. I, I get what you're saying there. And I get, I do understand that, that, that you know, you need you need those guys. I do also think the Steelers secondary would be able to hold things down a little bit, you know, better ne- next year if TJ Watt's healthy and they're getting more pe- more pressure on because some of the plays that they were giving up big plays just because they weren't getting pressure and teams yeah. weren't scared of their pass rush as much when TJ Watt wasn't on the field. But Wes – is that the right – if you're trading up, is it cornerback or are you trading up to go get a big offensive tackle to make this offensive line and give it the pillar at offensive Ooh. tackle it hasn't had for a long time? So, you know, that's an interesting question because I think you could argue it either way. If I wanted to argue just real quickly that the offensive tackle, right – um, you could say you haven't invested a ton in the offensive line in the draft lately. Now, you haven't free agency, right? But, I mean, you haven't taken first-round picks there since you went pouncy into Castro back-to-back uh, over a decade ago. Right. You've got Kenny Pickett. You need to protect him. That's important. Um, you know, maybe a left tackle is the missing piece to really elevate this offensive line. I could certainly argue that. But I, if I'm moving up, Chris, I'm, I'm moving up for, for a defensive back. And I know, listen, you've invested a lot on this defense, I mean, you've got you've got dudes at every level in terms of Cam Hayward and T.J. Watt and Alex Highsmith and Minka Fitzpatrick, right? And you just went out and, and brought in Patrick Peterson. And I, I realize that 
there's some bigger picture roster building philosophy stuff that we could get into here of do you really need to invest that much money and capital and all these things on your defense when it's yeah. an offensive league and you got to score points but i just again kind of like our caller i'm forgetting his name now but kind of like our the, 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 kind of like eddie said from down in tennessee like the steelers it's been so long since they've had one of these guys and part of roster building too is is looking around the landscape at the teams you're competing with Look at the Bengals. Look at the Chiefs. Look at the Bills. You know, even look like a team like a Chargers. Look at a team like the Jets if they end up getting Aaron Rodgers. I mean, these are teams that have very good quarterbacks with dynamic playmakers on the outside. And these are the teams that you're going to be competing with in the postseason. The Chiefs of the world. The Bengals of the world. The Bills of the world. Um, you, I think a, I think a corner. I think a true legit number one corner right now in the NFL is. It's something that every team needs. Now, there's mm. there's there's levels to that, right? Because we could argue right. that Patrick Peterson is still a number one. He's he's not Pat Sertain anymore. He's not no. Sauce Garner anymore. But we could argue that he's a number one. But he's also 33 years old and not going to be here for the long term. Right. Right now, if you can get one of those corners that you're not going to have to pay for four or five years, that's going to be around for a decade. I mean, think of already, Chris, you're right, what you can do with T.J. Watt and Minka Fitzpatrick and Cam Hayward and these guys. If you had a true lockdown corner that you could just say every week, all right, you got Jamar Chase. All right, you got Stephon Diggs. You know, and then you can play chess with your other ten pieces on defense – Man, that's something that the Steelers have not been able to do much of over the years. They could a little bit at times there with Joe Hayden, but that's about it. Um, I think that that would kind of be the the final piece of this defense to truly make it an elite unit, to truly let them um, grow on what we know they can be when they're healthy and we're particularly T.J. Watt is healthy. It's a tough one because you, you can't go wrong with – if you're thinking I'd rather trade up to get a left tackle, I'm not going to argue that or, or, or call you dumb. But it just feels like every year in the draft there's one, maybe two of those corners who can come in right away and have an impact, right? And they're so hard to get, and they always go in the top ten, top twelve in that range. If you're going to go up and get somebody, I think I think it's one of those dudes that you go get. Let me propose this scenario to you. Okay. You're Omar Khan. You, you've traded the 17th overall pick and the 49th overall pick to the Philadelphia Eagles. You've gotten okay. the 10th overall pick. Okay. You have your choice: uh, Peter Skaronsky, okay, oh, Christian Gonzalez. Or Devin Witherspoon. So, Ooh, dream picks right here. Those, so, that would know, be a dream I'll, scenario. You know what? I'll even throw in Broderick Jones and Paris Johnson. You get all the offensive I'm a, like, I'm a scrunk. I, I'm a scrunk guy, though. So, you had me at, you had me at scrunk. So, but but you're giving – who are you going with there? Oh, man. Like, like, and this is just – this is exploring, like, if – if the Steelers, Andy Weidel, Omar Khan is saying it's a new front office, baby. We're going aggressive first year together, and we're going to get in our guy. Who is that guy? Okay, ready? Wes, Wes is stalling. Doom, 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 doom. <laughs> With the – wait, did you say it's 10th, right? That's 10th overall. Me, 10th? With the 10th overall pick. In the 2023 NFL entry draft, Wesley Euler goes with Devin Witherspoon, cornerback oh, out of Illinois. 
Chris, I want the I want the ball skills. All right, I want the ball skills and three interceptions last year. Uh, let's see, fourteen pass defense last year. Yeah, I I really like Gonzalez. I think his athleticism is freaky, even for that position, which is kind of like the king of freak athletes, right? Defensive backs and wide receivers. Um, but I. I'd be very tempted to go Skronk and Gonzalez both because I really like those guys. But if, if it's that scenario, I'm I'm going to the podium. I'm taking the guy with the ball skills who's going to take this secondary that you know already led the league in interceptions last year and maybe even take that to the next level. I'm going Devin Witherspoon, cornerback out of I-L-I-I-N-I. The Illini. I, 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 it's, interesting. it's interesting there because if you look at – the, the am I oh, hold who, on? Am I wrong? Is was that your pick, or you got a different pick? I'm more Christian Gonzalez. Okay, I, I don't hate you know, that either. I, I mean, I, I, I mean, listen, I like Devin Witherspoon a lot, but and, and, and he 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 does bring he does bring that to his game. But I like the way Gonzalez runs. He ran a sub four four. He's I think smooth. He, he's smooth. He's a guy who's going to fit in there. But I, I also ain't mad at Devin Witherspoon. Like you said, 18 forced incompletions on the year, three interceptions this this past year. You know, I, I look at that and I see, man, ball production is so important. Christian yeah. Gonzalez, though. Gonzalez had four interceptions. I mean, he's right there as well. Yeah. Four interceptions, nine pass breakups, uh, forced incompletions as recorded by uh, by pro football focus on, on this on the season. You know, it's like what you said. You can't. You, you, if, you, if you go in, you're gonna you're gonna have a lot of things to praise about either side if you sure, went with that sure. direction there. But I think both of you, both of you and I, are on the same page about this. If they are to make a big move, I do think cornerback would make the most yeah. sense. Yeah, and especially listen, in today's NFL, taking a tackle there at ten would probably be the and I'm using air quotes for people that aren't watching on YouTube, but would probably be the safer move. Mm-hmm. You know, you you yeah. get a tackle there at ten, whether it you know it's Skronk, whoever. You, you you plug them in for the next ten years, and and they're a starter, and maybe they're an all pro, maybe they're just really good, whatever. I, I tell you though, where I think you could really hit the home run is is with one of these corners who could be one of those rare lockdown interception ball hawking defenders to already go with Mika Fitzpatrick in that pass rush. That that could be dynamite. It certainly could. Certainly could. I want to talk to you about a new mock draft that came up. I know mock draft Monday is on Mondays, but. There's a guy that I always read every year, and it's Jordan Reed of ESPN. He does a lot of great work. He released his his mock draft. It was a full seven-round mock draft of all the teams in the NFL, and I've, he addressed a lot of the Steelers' needs with those picks. I want to get, get your thoughts on those as well as talk about them with our listeners right here on the Locked on Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter. We'll be right back. Back here on the Locked On Steelers podcast, I'm your host, Chris Carter, here with Wes Euler of Steeler Nation Radio. Wes, like I said before, we were talking about Jordan Reed. Uh, Jordan Reed has the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, he, and Jordan Reed, a well-respected draft guru out there, mm-hmm. ESPN draft analyst uh, who's co- who's covered both the NFL and, and college football. He released his full seven-round mock, and this is his second seven-round mock, by the way, of the of the full NFL. The guys, Jordan's crazy because he, he likes to crazy. go through every single pick. I, <laughs> I'd, I'd I'd be I'd be bored by the third round. I'd be like, all right, guys, just just uh, just you know, I'm auto drafting this computer. Take I'm auto drafting this. Yeah, just like yeah, just you you guys get the point. <laughs> I picked some guys, but this is why Jordan's one of the best in the business. But here he was. Here I'm going to read off to you the, the, his his Steelers picks throughout. 
um, th- throughout throughout the first four rounds because again they don't have a fifth or a sixth round so the seventh rounds are kind of you know marginal as for the value that they that they sure, that they bring sure. to the table there. But let's let's go in the first round and this is all if the Steelers stay put and if everyone stays put. He no has trades. Darnell. He has Darnell Wright, offensive tackle from Tennessee, mm-hmm. at seventeen. Okay. He has safety Brian Branch from Alabama at thirty-two. Linebacker Trenton Simpson from Clemson at forty-nine. Cornerback uh, Darius Rush at eighty, and he has hold on Caleb Murphy, edge rusher from Ferris State at one twenty. Okay. Now that's addressing a lot of Steelers' needs. Yeah, offensive tackle. Safety with no Terrell Edmonds. Linebacker to fill in that spot because they still need one more linebacker to kind of get back to where they were. And then, of course, Darius Rush gets you a young cornerback on on the roster in the third round. And you also get a depth edge rush. Is that the kind of haul that you think think the Steelers really need this year, Wes? Because here's two things that don't happen in this draft. A, you don't get the high cornerback. Correct. In fact, you get get them your fourth selection, yeah. Exactly. So you wait a while back. You don't get a top offensive tackle. You get kind of like the guy that everyone's kind of debating if he's the fourth one. The next wave down, yeah. Right. And then on top of that, you don't get a defensive line prospect. And a Mm. lot of people are looking at this group as uh, this this year's group is important to kind of replenish the defensive line with Cam Hayward. You know, every year he gets another year older. He may be an all-pro guy and maybe one of the best defensive linemen in the league, but they need to start preparing the future. Uh, And they did sign Larry Ogunjobi. They do have DeMarvin Leal. But that's still another thing that people are going to be looking at. Is a draft like this the kind of draft that the Steelers need, where it's just staying home, getting these types of guys, or do you think the Steelers do need to be more aggressive, be more aggressive than a, a right branch Simpson rush type of first two days? You know, that's interesting. I listen, Chris. I've been I've been kind of preaching all off season that I hope the Steelers are a little bit more aggressive than usual. Um, you've got a you've got a quarterback now who's entering his sophomore season who you believe in that you don't have to pay for another three or four years. The cheat code in the NFL is when you have that guy as a rookie to build up your roster around him before you have to pay him. Right? the The examples are limitless. Um, there's a reason why so often these teams that have quarterbacks on rookie deals are going to NFC and AFC championship games, and when they're not, it's Patrick Mahomes. I mean, you know what I mean? It, it's the the cheat code to roster building in the NFL right now is get a quarterback on their rookie deal that you know can win you games and build that thing up around them. And I'm kind of hoping the Steelers do that. Not go for broke and push all their poker chips to the middle of the table, right? And then three, four years from now fall off a cliff. But really look at this thing and say, we think we have our guy in Kenny Pickett. We don't have to pay him for another three or four seasons. Let's be a little bit more aggressive than usual and and try and load this thing up in the draft and free agency while we've got some more salary cap flexibility before we have to pay a franchise quarterback. I've been preaching that, you know, kind of ever since the season ended, that I I hope they're a little more aggressive in that way traditionally. So I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, yeah, just take the conservative draft approach and maybe Darnell Wright isn't great right away and maybe you don't get a ton of help to the defensive line in the secondary right away, but it's the smart move for the long term. I would kind of be a little bit of a hypocrite of what I've been speaking Mm. about all 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 summer all off season I should say as we haven't hit the summer just yet all winter um I like Darnell Wright but not at 17 little too rich yeah. in my blood I 
I saw Darnell Wright play a couple times in high school. He grew up. He's a West Virginia boy, Chris. He grew up right down the right down the road. <laughs> Honestly, he, he he lives forty minutes away from from where my mom's from, from where I have family in West Virginia. So I saw him play in high school twice. Actually, he's a guy that I've watched a lot. I was screaming and cursing at Dana Holgerson, the former WVU coach, when he had no interest in recruiting this guy, and they ended up at Tennessee, and now he's going to be a first round draft pick. Thanks a lot, Dana. Appreciate that one. Yeah, certainly could couldn't have used that guy at the program. Um, but I like Darnell. You don't sound hurt at all. I'm not not hurt at all. I like Darnell Wright, but not at 17. He's only played the right side at Tennessee. I don't know about his flexibility to go left or right, particularly for the Steelers, right, when you've already got Chooks there. If I'm going to go tackle at 17, I want it to be somebody that I believe I can plug in at left tackle right away and not have to worry about it. And Darnell Wright could be that guy, but I'm not taking that risk at 17 with a guy who's just played the right side, albeit at Tennessee against, you know, great competition. Go watch his tape against Will Anderson and some talented pass rushers. He did a really good job. He's a good player. Just 17's a, a little too rich for my my blood. I, I love Branch at 32. I love the idea of that. You lost Edmonds. I know you have uh, KZ and, and Minka, but I think you could do some interesting stuff with Branch. I think you could use him in a slot role. I think you could move him around a little bit. Maybe he lets you play a little bit more chess with Minka out there as well, too. But I just, again... There's there's nothing in that in that mock draft that wows me, that blows my hair back, that makes me think, you know, we wake up the day after the draft, Chris, and the Steelers are for sure instantly a better team. Right? I mm-hmm. I don't feel that way about any of those guys. You you go up and you get Gonzalez or Witherspoon or one of the top tackles, and yeah, I'm sitting there on, you know, March first when the draft is over, and I'm saying the Steelers are a better team today than they were last week. This is great. If you take the more conservative approach, that could certainly still be the case. I just wouldn't be as confident in it. So I don't hate that. If if that's the way it plays out, I don't hate it. But I just, if there's a time to be a little more aggressive, Chris, I think that time is now. In the scope of what you've got with Kenny Pickett and not having to pay him. In the scope of what you've got in three top 50 draft picks and, you know, more capital there than you usually have. I know it's not the Steelers' way, but the league has changed. And yeah, a lot of teams swing and miss trying to do this. But there's also a lot of teams like the Eagles who load up and have great rosters. The Chiefs who load up and have great rosters. The Bengals, the 49ers who, you know, who are labeled to load up and have great rosters. I... I, that's kind of the direction I would like to see the Steelers go. Like I said, not sitting at the poker table and completely pushing all your chips to the center of the table and going broke here for the next three or four seasons and then falling off a cliff. But right, no. a little little more aggressive than like let's just look at everything as a long term and no single year is more important than the other. No, I, I, I agree with you there because especially like you have a chance right now with the, with the extra draft pick that they've gotten here to make some aggressive moves in either direction. Again, if you want to trade up, you can trade up. If you want to trade back, you can yeah. trade back and you can pick, like you said, start picking up guys who hey, are if you the get Darnell right at, If you get Darnell right at pick 22 and you pick mm-hmm. up an extra second rounder in the process, I love that's it. That's a win. You know, yeah, that's a that's, win. That's a win. So, yeah. Yeah, I, I'm right with it. And, and here's the thing. Let's say they do trade back. 22 24 and they, they they still get darnell right and they still got 32 but now they also have an extra third rounder and then they trade back 32 to maybe like 40 something and then they Ooh. pick up an extra second rounder so now you're talking about you had you got your offensive mm-hmm. tackle in the first round and now you're talking three second round picks two third round picks you get a linebacker you get a defensive lineman you could get a defensive you get a wide receiver there's going to be some good mm-hmm. wide receivers there you, i mean you, you could do a lot you of could that. get you can get an outside and a slot cornerback. You sure could. Uh, like, sure like, 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 like you could do a. That's a, that's that's the thing here is that. I think the bottom line is that 
the Steelers are in a very good position to be aggressive. Yes. Aggressive does, ha- does not mean up. It does not mean down. It just point. means do not settle unless the board has fallen perfectly for you. Right. Now, right. granted, here's the thing that happens every year is that, you know, we could say that the board fell perfectly for them. Exactly. and they You never be, really know. Well, <laughs> right. And, and it's like, no, actually, you know, we had this guy slated here, but we figured we'd make this move anyways. You know, like, you, you never do know. They're never, and they're never going to come out to and be like, ah, oh, well, we reached on this guy a little bit. You know? Yeah. <laughs> In um, fact, Chris, they'll do the opposite and they'll try and tell us with a straight face that they had a first round grade on Mason Rudolph. Oh, of course, yeah, like yeah, like again, we've we've seen these types of things before. <laughs> but to me, the bottom line is whatever position, you know, on draft night, do not do not live with chalk, do not live with, you know, do, do not live with just like okay, we're just going to accept this. Make moves, find ways to make this draft class, and, and, and not just because it's the first draft class for Omar Khan and Andy Weidel as the team that, that heads the front office, but especially because I think they hit on Kenny Pickett last year. Mm-hmm. I think that he's going to continue to get better, and I think he's going to be a weapon for the Steelers as a quarterback. I think he can he can become the franchise quarterback. I think they have several key pieces on this roster that can be huge for the future of this team, but the only way that you can capitalize on those is if you keep hitting on the others. Mm-hmm. And that's where I think that this this draft class specifically with the with the opportunity, you don't always get to trade away uh you know your your third receiver on the team and get back the, the top pick of the, the second 30 round. 32nd pick. Yeah. That's not going to work out for you all the time. Now to capitalize on that working out for you and make something happen. We'll see what they do in either direction. Wes we appreciate you so much for all your insight and all your fun, the fun that you bring to this show. Thanks for joining us here on the Lockdown Steelers podcast. Let people can find you, follow you, and get more of your work. Yes, sir. At Wesley Euler on Twitter, you guys already know I host the Steelers Blitz with Arthur Motes. Yes, he does. Uh, you can get us. You can get us in podcast form wherever you get your podcast. Steelers Blitz. Uh, we're at we're we're on at noon on on SNR if you want to listen to us live as well too. And then yes, as Chris is always kind enough to uh, to let me plug. I, uh, I do all the WVU podcasts, Ears and Beers, In the Gun podcast. Speaking of Steelers, actually, I think in the next week or two, we're going to have uh, Blaine Stewart on the Ooh. In the Gun podcast, former Steelers uh, assistant wide receiver coach, now the tight ends coach at, at WVU. Um, so I think we're going to have Blaine on in a couple weeks as well, too. So always doing some cool stuff. And uh, if you're a tortured mountaineer soul like me, you can get at me there as well, too. Absolutely. He's always doing cool stuff because he's a cool dude, Wes Euler. Check him out at Wesley Euler on Twitter. Thanks so much, Wes, for joining the show. I'm your host, Chris Carter. Find me on Twitter and Instagram at Carter Critiques. You can also read my work at the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, where if you were interested in Pitt's Pro Day, I was there all day long. We cover a lot of things there. Kalijah Cansey doing some serious numbers. Easy about a count of the baby. running back. Man, there were some really there were some guys who were running out there you can get all of our coverage with myself and my partner noah hiles at post-gazette.com you can also check out this show the lockdown steelers podcast on all your favorite podcasting platforms you can also check it out on youtube like this video if you enjoy it subscribe to this youtube channel to get all of your daily monday through friday episodes uh right here on the lockdown steelers podcast and if you want to help us out go on apple Podcasts, rate us five stars with a positive comment do both at the same time and you get a shout out at the end of the show like this person because we have a new one who says lock on with five stars Funk 23234 says, listen to every podcast and the analysis really helps me better understand what's going on with the Steelers. Best podcast I've listened to. Funk, thank you so much for your five-star review. If you want your shout-out, give us a five-star review with a positive comment. You'll get shouted out at the end of the show. Back tomorrow with Jenna Harner finishing up the week right here on your Pittsburgh Steelers right here on the Locked On Steelers Podcast.